You are listening to Redefining Disability, an adaptive sports podcast brought to you by Move United. I am your host, Sean Butcher, and I have the privilege of serving as the editor of Move United Magazine, the nation's leading adaptive sports publication. Each week, tune in to hear how sports have made it possible for our nation's adaptive athletes, training tips from the best coaches and program leaders, and news on the latest technology, equipment, and trends in the industry. Pete Peterson, a.k.a. Pickleball Pete, as he is known at Glassa, is a certified pickleball instructor and helps lead the Adaptive Pickleball Program at Great Lakes Adaptive Sports Association, a moving on member organization in the Chicago area. So we chat with him about the sport. So Pete, I want to obviously talk about pickleball, but I thought maybe we could start by just telling me a little bit about yourself and how uh, you got involved with the sport. Sure. Uh, I think, uh, like a lot of people, uh, due to the uh, COVID pandemic, I was a uh, regular racquetball player for 40 plus years uh, at a fairly competitive level. And unfortunately, our uh, local uh, YMC got, YMCA got shut down uh, when the pandemic started. Uh, so I happened to be walking through the park with my wife uh, one evening and there were six brand new pickleball courts just uh, beckoning uh, to me to come over and try the uh, game out. So uh, I took about 15 or 20 of my good racquetball friends that I've been playing with for the last 25 years over and we started playing and uh, most of us never looked back. A few of us went back to uh, uh, racquetball, but um, yeah, I just, uh, I love it. I get up, uh, basically I get up every morning and I play for a couple hours, uh, five, six, seven days a week. And um, how did you connect? Were you already connected with Glassa or how did you connect with Glassa? So this is a, I think it's an interesting story, Sean. Um, about a year and a half ago, I started volunteering for another local agency that serves the needs of people with intellectual and physical disabilities, the Man Niles Association of Special Rec, better known as Manasser. Um, and uh, so I, I got involved with them and uh, I was actually uh, at a uh, expo, uh, the Abilities Expo, which you may be uh, familiar with, uh, about a year ago because we just did a uh, demonstration uh, uh, last week for them. And someone mentioned to me that I should be talking to a gentleman by the name of Mike Carrico, who is a legend uh, in terms of uh, uh, tennis. He's been doing it for about 25 years in the Chicagoland area through Glass, a Great Lakes Association, a special rec, a special, uh, excuse me, Great Lakes Adaptive Sports Association. Can't keep track of the uh, acronyms all the time, so exactly. I have to check my uh, team. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's tough. Uh, it, it's tough sometimes, yeah. You gotta get uh, used to it. But, um, so anyway, I called uh, Glass looking for Mike. Uh, he wasn't around, I ended up talking to Cindy Hausner. And during the course of our conversation, she invited me to uh, do uh, Camp Truck, which is their uh, annual summer camp for uh, kids. And I said, yeah. Uh, so I got off uh, the phone with her and I began feverishly uh, looking at YouTube because I'm a certified uh, PPR certified pickleball instructor, but I had never worked with a, a, a group of uh, disabled uh, folks. Um, but uh, yeah, it was my first uh, gig, uh, thanks to Cindy. And that was a little bit uh, over a year ago. We've got another uh, kids camp coming up uh, last week in uh, July. So we're looking forward to doing that as well. That's awesome. So it's been about a year now. Been about a year. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a busy year. <laughs> and so how within the uh, operations of Glassa does, does the uh, pickleball program work? I mean, is it like a weekly program? Is it offered just during the summer? I know each program and each sport's probably operated a little differently. 
Sure. So uh, uh, Cindy is, is somewhat giving me some carte blanche here. So in addition to the uh, kids' uh, clinics, um, we, uh, we did a um, Christmas party uh, for them over the holidays uh, back in December. And then uh, this past uh, Saturday, we did another uh, kids' uh, camp uh, clinic uh, for Glassa. And at this point, um, we're uh, discussing, which again, Cindy is saying, hey, run with it, um, and Glass will support us. So we've got a couple uh, uh, different uh, ways to go. We've got a couple of very competitive uh, tennis players that are looking to transition from tennis to uh, pickleball. Um, so we're looking at possibly putting together, I don't want to say a pro level, but uh, some of the folks have been playing tennis uh, for years and years, thanks to Mike Carrico, are very uh, good players and on the pickleball court, even though they haven't had a lot of experience, they are uh, really uh, a far, far and away uh, uh, beyond uh, uh, a lot of other folks at this point. So maybe a, a pro or you know an upper level advanced the league, uh, but at the same time, uh, uh, Cindy and I are talking about uh, putting together a uh, either a weekly or probably a monthly program to start out with, uh, just to get people more involved uh, with uh, pickleball, including. Uh, kids, uh, as you know, Glass has a veterans program as well. I would love to uh, uh, put, put something together uh, for uh, veterans. So right now you're looking at, at, at kind of running a program for all ages. Then you've got the kids program already and then expanding to adults and veterans as well. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Everyone is welcome. That's the beauty of uh, pickleball. It's a very inclusive sport. Uh, anyone can play it. Uh, you know, I, I tell people eight to 80 uh, uh, standing players, seated players. Um, it's very accessible and it's very social, too. Yeah. And so uh, let's dive right in a little bit more on the, in the nitty gritty. Why for you then were you attracted to pickleball when you uh, were walking through that park and wanted to give it a try? Well, I, I, I needed uh, uh, some activity. And as you know, everybody was kind of hunkered down uh, during the uh, pandemic. And um, the, fir the first year, so uh, uh, three years ago, uh, uh, we started playing in the summer of, uh, it would have been 2020. Um, so you're outdoors uh, at that point. Uh, once it got colder here in Chicago, uh, there weren't a lot of indoor facilities that were open at that point because of the pandemic. Uh, so uh uh, me and my buddies were out there. If it was 20 degrees or warmer, didn't care about snow, we'd shovel. If there was ice, we were chipping it off the court and we would be uh, out there. So it's, it was just a great outlet, I think, for myself and a lot of uh, my friends. Um, and again, because it's outside, uh, which is one thing I enjoy uh, uh, in particular. Um, plus, again, that was really our only option at that point. But yeah, it was, uh, uh, it was probably, a, a, I've had several of my buddies say, you know, it, it, that pickleball really saved me because there was really not a lot going on uh, for a lot of people at that point. And Pete, you mentioned obviously the, that, that some uh, tennis players transition and, or, and, and, or are looking to make a transition to the sport. I've heard that from other tennis players and like wheelchair tennis players, you know, as well. Why do you think uh, the sport draws tennis players? So I'm going to uh, uh, quote my, uh, 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 friend and idol, Mike Carrico, the gentleman that's been doing uh, paratennis for the last 25 years. Uh, he came out uh, last year. He was at Camp Truck, which was the glass uh, summer camp. And I went out a couple of days early to help him with uh, the tennis uh, uh, drills. I just wanted to get an idea of what to expect. And then a couple of days later, I was back uh, with uh, some volunteers. And uh, Mike also volunteered to do the uh, pickleball clinic. And after, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes, Mike said, you know, 
um, this is a lot easier than tennis. And the reason it's easier is um, clearly the courts are about a quarter of the size. You can all, almost fit almost uh, four courts in one uh, tennis uh, court. Um, the paddles, their paddles, they're not strong rackets. They're shorter. They're more maneuverable. I think they're lighter. Um, and then the ball, uh, obviously with uh, pickleball, it's, it, it's a hard plastic, almost like a wiffle ball as opposed to a uh, tennis ball. So it, again, extremely accessible. Um, the one thing I will say is, and it doesn't matter if, if we're talking about a pair pickleball or standing pickleball, um, I can pick out a tennis player uh, after about uh, 30 seconds because tennis players like to bang ground strokes from the baseline. So that's the first habit that we have to break. But it's not necessarily a bad habit, but you just can't do that all the time. <laughs> and you talked that it's a sport for everybody. Um, how um, how are you adapting it to different uh, abilities? You know, how, how, how are, um, you know, wheelchair... Uh, pickleball players able to play? How are amputees able to play? Sure. So one of the nice things about uh, Glass, I can't say enough about uh, Cindy and, and the Glass organization is um, last year at the uh, Camp Trek, um, Glass, uh, I showed up and there were maybe 16 to 20 sport chairs, which are, are, are key to the sport, uh, similar to basketball or some of the other uh, 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 sports for uh, para-athletes. Um, so it, it's there are uh, some adaptations. There's a couple uh, minor uh, uh, rule differences uh, with para pickleball. Um, the players get uh, two bounces and the third bounce the ball is dead, whereas uh, it's one bounce uh, with uh, standing players. Um, and if you're familiar with pickleball, there's a kitchen uh, or a non-volley zone line seven feet off the net on either side. Um, standing players can volley in there. Um, seated players uh, can have their uh, front wheels in, but not their uh, rear wheels. What we've uh, been able to do, uh, and again, I, I, none of this is original, uh, Sean. I, I, I get on the internet and I R&D, I rob and duplicate. Um, but uh, we'll modify the games. Uh, last uh, Saturday, I mentioned we did a kids clinic. Um, uh, it was for, uh, uh, the, the, there were a lot of amputee uh, children and these kids just wanted to play. So uh, they got in there and, uh, you know, it, most of the kids were getting the ball over the net. And if we end up uh, just hitting the ball back and forth over the net with uh, uh, 20, 25 kids, that's great. Because all the kids are smiling, they're having a good time, they're uh, running around. We've had uh, uh, some players that uh, have a difficult time uh, possibly with the reach because they're, they're seated and they don't have uh, the same mobility as uh, some other folks. So I've got some racquetball rackets, which give them a little extra uh, extension, a little bit more uh, power uh, on the uh, shot. So um, we'll, we'll make it work. Uh, it's a work in progress. When we go out, I've got uh, three, uh, uh, I call them rules, or, but um Everyone has fun, including the volunteers, as well as the participants. Number two, flexibility is key. So if you're doing something and it's not working, then do something else or come and get me and, and collaboratively, we'll figure out what'll uh, work. And the third uh, rule, and it's uh, pretty important, is uh, get the participants uh, drilling and or playing as quickly as possible because everybody likes to kick everyone else's you know what, and everybody likes competition. <laughs> That's a good third rule. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And everybody, like, as you said, wants to play. So, you know, get, get them out and, uh, and, and, and just playing and having fun. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. 
and so I was aware, uh, unaware of the uh, certification process. So you said that you were a, that you're a certified instructor. I'd love to learn a little bit more about that and how you uh, went about that. Sure. So uh, um, I, I, I kind of had a, a vision of what I wanted to do. I've been retired for a few years now. Um, so I thought that since I was playing so uh, frequently, um, uh, it's, it's the uh, professional uh, pickleball registry and, and uh, do the same thing for tennis and some other uh, racket uh, sports. But um, last uh, year, so I've been certified for a little over a year now. So last summer I went and uh, uh, you do an online course, uh, you go to a one day uh, workshop, make sure that you're doing everything uh, correctly. And then there's a uh, follow up test. I think it was a, a hundred uh, question uh, test on the uh, material. But I just thought it was important to get some guidance uh, from uh, uh, someone, uh, uh, organization that knew what they were doing. Um, and I've used a lot of their ideas and uh, uh, game plans or lesson plans uh, in my teaching uh, in the last year or so. That's awesome. And and kind of along those lines, where do you see this sport you know, going? Because I know uh, in our all of our communities, uh, as you said, pickleball courts are being developed and it's kind of really taking off. So what about the, the para and adaptive side of that? So what, what's kind of, uh, I don't want to say interesting, but uh, it's unfortunate. Um, there are very few organizations set up specifically for, for uh, uh, para pickleball. And so what I'm trying to do is create a template uh, that I can roll out to organizations like Glassa and Manassa. And I've talked to some other people in uh, Texas and uh, uh, there's a gentleman by the name of Stephen Harper, which is a military adaptive court sports, um, and they're playing pickleball. Uh, they're one of the few organizations. They actually switched from racquetball for veterans, uh, disabled veterans, to uh, pickleball about three years ago. But there's surprisingly few organizations. And when I say few, I was only to, to locate maybe a, a dozen uh, organizations across the country. So, again, I would just like to provide some template that I can say, here, take this. Um, I can help you out. Uh, uh, you know, I, I don't have to come to, you know, whatever Texas or, or some other state, if you'd like me to, I can do that. Um, but it's, it's fairly simple. Um, you need three things. You need participants, obviously. And we've got that through Glass and Manasseh and some of these other organizations. We need uh, the uh, place, uh, in other words, the venue and Glass, uh, uh, has been able to provide, they've got some connections uh, here in Chicago with uh, uh, some of the uh, local colleges, uh, academies. Um, so all we need is a court or a couple courts uh, somewhere. And we need the um, the paddles. And uh, again, I'll use glass as an example. They just got a uh, donation of 30 paddles from a uh, uh, company uh, called Netty in Ohio, I believe it is, woman-owned uh, uh, business. And they're beautiful paddles, they're high quality. Um, so those are the three things that you need. Um, and then again, I could just provide the template and show you how to get everything set up. And Pete, I'm so glad you, you mentioned that because that was going to be one of my questions in terms of it's a sport that doesn't require a lot of equipment, um, uh, to play. I mean, there's obviously some sports, you know, if you think about like winter sports and some others, you just need a lot of equipment and a lot of, uh, you know, and then particularly in adaptive sports, you need a lot of adaptive sports equipment. But yeah, you basically need a court, a ball, a racket. And then if you uh, use a sports chair and ideally a sports chair, right? Correct. Yeah, it's very uh, uh, low uh, uh, buy-in. Um, and again, if, if you've got those three things, you've got the player, the paddles in the uh, place, you're good. 
very simple to set up. You can set up temporary uh, courts. Uh, you know, if, if you want to do something in your driveway or at the end of your block, uh, not a problem. A lot of the uh, park districts now, obviously, they've got the indoor uh, uh, facilities as well as the outdoor. Um, so during the winter time, again, it, it, uh, an inexpensive uh, industrial strength uh, uh, net's going to probably run you three, four hundred bucks, but you can pick up a net for half that uh, cost. And like I said, set it up in your neighborhood if you wanted to. Yeah. And I, I think of pickleball as an outdoor sport, but like you said, there are places that do have that, that are setting up or providing indoor spaces as well. So it can be a year round sport. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's uh, again, I, I prefer playing uh, uh, outside. Um, you have to deal with the elements sometimes. The wind would be the only thing that, you know, there'd be a big difference uh, outside. Uh, but as long as that's not blown uh, too hard, everything's uh, great. And indoors, we play at our local uh, park district where um, we've got six nets set up. Uh, we've got a large uh, gymnasium, so you're playing off of a uh, wood floor. But again, uh, the balls uh, bounce pretty true. Uh, so there isn't a big difference between indoor and outdoor, other than sometimes you have to deal with the elements when you're outdoors. And it's primarily known as a recreational sport, but as you mentioned, everyone loves a little competition and beating somebody, beating somebody else. Where do you where do you see the competition perhaps growing in the you know adaptive sports space? I mean, are there do you do you envision maybe in in a few years? Because I know there are big national uh, uh, pickleball uh, you know competitions for for very highly competitive um, mm-hmm. standing you know ambulatory teams. But what about the the uh, opportunity for that on the para side? So that's a great question, Sean. And and uh, um, this has been going on for us. I know at least since uh, uh, since uh, 2019, um, the U.S. Open for pickleball has been held uh, in uh, Naples, Florida. We've got great facilities down there. I believe it's moving to Dallas uh, this year. Um, but you can go on YouTube now and see the 2019 uh, Para Pickleball uh, Championship, uh, which is very impressive. So we're there. I mean, uh, the sport uh, has anywhere from 5 million to 12 million players, depending on whose numbers uh, you're looking at. But uh, we're actually there. So that would be the biggest national tournament, uh, obviously, the uh, U.S. Open. And that's something that we can work on here uh, locally, again, through organizations like uh, Glass and Manasseh. The other thing I'd like to mention uh, is um, it's a great activity. It's very accessible. And it's not exclusively, you know, for standing players or for seated players. Um, We can do an up-down where you've got uh, one standing player and one seated player on either side. And I think it's a great idea. It's not my idea. Uh, originally, I've been doing it. Uh, uh, people have been doing it for years with uh, tennis. But it's a great uh, a way for parents to play with their children or, or siblings or, you know, whatever the case may be um, and really enjoy a, a family uh, afternoon uh, together uh, playing pickleball. So, I, again, the sport lends itself to that. So it's very accessible. Yeah, so it's following that model of um, of uh, you know wheelchair tennis, you know, in terms of it's very inclusive and allows people of various abilities and disabilities to play together. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and that's what it's all about. I mean, that's all people want to do. You know, I enjoy it, uh, and I know everyone I play with in, enjoys it. Uh, otherwise, they don't play. <laughs> but uh, it's just it, it's it's a great uh, sport. It's extremely accessible. It's one of those sports where easy to learn, tough to master. Uh, but again, there's some players out there. I mentioned earlier uh, the tennis players in particular. I mean, they're they're coming to the pickleball court and 
they're playing a, a very uh, high level uh, game at this point. I imagine before, you know, as you uh, get through the basics of, of introducing the sport uh, to then kind of whittle down to the technique, um, what are some of the things that you, what are some of the big things that a player might want to know or need to learn, you know, in terms of how to, uh, how to hit the the ball, particularly how to hold the racket, those types of things. Those, those are two great questions. Uh, uh, and, and a couple of things that I like to demonstrate. In fact, uh, last year when we did the uh, uh, first camp truck uh, for Glassa, um, I got in, in, in a wheel. I, I asked if it would be appropriate and I got into a, a sport chair. Um, and again, after seeing a number of videos on uh, YouTube, uh, so something as simple as moving with the uh, uh, paddle, um, you can't, the, the sport's still quick enough where you can't put your paddle in your lap, move the chair to the spot, and then pick the paddle up and hit it. So tennis players are already uh, adapted to mm-hmm. moving. Uh, so if they're a right-handed player, they're just going to take that uh, handle of the uh, racket or the paddle in this case and move it on along the uh, wheel, and they just kind of incorporate that movement. Um, you know, something as simple as, uh, you know, let's set up if you're a right-handed player at 10 o'clock to the uh, net, because it's going to be easier to make a backhand as opposed to if you're at 12 o'clock straight in, uh, facing straight forward, it's just a more difficult shot. And obviously people have a little bit more mo- mobility with the forehand in terms of moving back and around. So just small things like that, uh, some modifications, but other than that, uh, you know, the two bounce rule I uh, mentioned earlier and uh, no uh, uh, rear wheels in the uh, uh, kitchen or non-volley zone, um, that's pretty much it. And then from that point, uh, we would do drills. Uh, uh, typically, um, I don't know if you're, uh, how familiar you are with the uh, game itself, but the game is really played at what we call the NVZ or the kitchen line, which is that line seven feet off of the net in either direction. So basically, and I'm oversimplifying this, uh, Sean, but you want a deep serve, deep return, and then everybody kind of fights to get to that kitchen line where it ends up being what we call a dinking battle. Um, and and uh, we just wait. You want to make, uh, you want your opponent to make a mistake, and then you capitalize on that by hitting down on the ball. But when when I teach, regardless of the uh, players, I always ask people, if you had to describe this court in five words or less to someone that had never played pickleball, how would you describe it? And 99 times out of 100, people will say, oh, well, it's a, a miniature uh, tennis court. I'd say, great. That's what everybody answers. And that's incorrect. It's really a giant ping pong table because that's how the game is played. It's a paddle and a hard ball. Oh, well, I would have been in the incorrect category too, because that's how I would, I have and, and would have continued to describe it. I like the I like the, that's good to know, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's a good thing we had this conversation. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And uh, is there anything else um, that you think maybe someone who hasn't tried pickleball should should know if they're listening? So, I again, I, nothing new. I would just emphasize the fact that uh, it's extremely accessible regardless of the uh, disability. Um, everybody can play. Um, I Again, I... I'm grateful for uh, the support that I've gotten from Glass and Manasseh and, and some other organizations. If I were to start my own, I guess it'd be a 503C nonprofit, and I'm not going to do that. Uh, I'll piggyback on with uh, Glass and, and Manasseh. Um, but um, I would call it, I've thought about this, you want to play. I mean, basically, kids came into the uh, uh, gym uh, last Saturday, and they were with their parents. And you know, kids can be a little uh, uh, timid. 
And, you know, invariably I go up to them, they'd see the other kids playing. It's like, you want to play? And there wasn't a, a, a child there that said, no, we got everybody out on the court regardless of ability. So uh, it just simply that's a very accessible uh, uh, sport. And again, it's a great uh, sport slash activity uh, uh, to do with your family as well. And I know that we've talked about GLASA, which is a Move United member organization. And of course, we want to encourage people to find or connect with their local member organization around the country. But uh, if there isn't one, um, you can get like the pickleball and like a pickleball racket pretty much at like any sporting goods store, right? If you if you just wanted to go out and and you know hit around and practice and do it at a local park. Yeah, absolutely. There's uh, some. Uh, really good panel manufacturers, uh, uh, and again, I, they're all good. Uh, obviously, I mentioned uh, Netty. Uh, very uh, uh, thankful for uh, Netty uh, contributing the or donating the pa- uh, paddles to Oglasa. But uh, various uh, companies have different uh, uh, um, programs. I know that Engage Pickleball down in Florida uh, has a pair of pickleball uh, program. They've got a gentleman by the name of Michael Leary. It's a very uh, uh, inspirational uh, story. He plays uh, uh, in a uh, wheelchair, um, but there's a lot of good companies out there doing a lot of good things. Uh, Paddle Tech comes to mind, Selkirk, um, and I'm sure again that's that's a very that's not an exclusive list. I, I'm sure a lot of uh, companies are, are doing things to a certain extent. You can go to your local sporting goods store and you know buy a paddle for you know 50, 60 bucks and get a, a paddle that'll uh, you know last for quite a while you can spend upwards of you know a couple hundred dollars on a paddle depending on uh, what level um and you can also get a, a starter kit you can buy four paddles and half a dozen balls you can even get a net with that for probably a couple hundred dollars so yeah it's it, that's really all you need you need the uh, space and uh, go you're good <laughs> 